Recovery Radio, KMP3, Thousand Oaks. Ah, yes. You are listening to The Recovery Radio podcast on KMP3. I am a member of Alcoholics Anonymous and I will be your host. You can email me at sarcasticbigbook at gmail. Follow me on Instagram at sarcastic.aa.book. My website's recoveryradiokmp3.com. For the books, go to sarcasticbigbook.com. And as always, I'm so glad you're here with me today. I don't know if your day's just getting started or it's just winding down or it's somewhere right in the middle, but here we are, you and me. I am glad. Grateful I have no desire to drink today. I'm not tricked by that. The main part of the problem, according to the big book, is in an arrested state. I have been relieved of my alcoholism. I'm still an alcoholic. Can never safely drink again. Permanent and progressive, but the main part of the problem, the part that centers in the mind, something from which I have recovered for the time being. It will stay that way if I keep in fit spiritual condition. Pretty amazing. I do have a piping hot cup of French roast coffee here from Trader Joe's, mixed with some Don Francisco's hazelnut. I know. That's why you tune in. You want to know what kind of coffee I'm drinking. I know it's very important. Most of my sponsees are unwilling. It's always been that way. Most of the people to whom I try to carry the message are not willing to do what I do. And I don't take that on anymore. I used to. But as it says in the big book on page 100 and on page, hold on, don't yell at me. I have to find it. Page 132. First full paragraph towards the bottom. It says, We try to indulge in cynicism over the state of the nations, nor do we carry the world's troubles on our shoulders. When we see a man sinking into the mire that is alcoholism, we give him first aid and place what we have at his disposal. 
For his sake, we do recount and almost relive the horrors of our past, but those of us who have tried to shoulder the entire burden and trouble of others find we are soon overcome by them. So if I'm trying to shoulder the trouble and burden of other people, I become hurt by that. I am overcome by that eventually. That's what I've learned. Not from this passage. I like this passage because I've learned that it's true. I've learned the hard way. I used to get very tied up in the trouble and burden of other people, and it's not my responsibility. My responsibility is to lay the spiritual kit of tools at someone's feet for them to inspect and decide to use or not. And I can help them should they decide to use them. But it's a very fine line. It's very easy to just transfer playing God from the rest of life into the fellowship and start trying to run people's lives and get all tangled up and all bogged down with all that happens there. If we try to shoulder the entire burden and trouble of others, we find when we are soon overcome by them. Usually this is what it has been like for me. Somebody will come to me, say, will you help me? And I'll say, yeah, imagine I'm sitting in front of you and there's a lamp right behind me, okay? Because there's a lamp behind me. I'm going to use that lamp to illustrate this. So somebody comes to me and they say, hey, I really would like your help. And I say, okay, let me see if I can help you. They say, what would you suggest? And I tell them what I did. What I did was I made this decision to turn my will and life over to this power that I didn't understand. And then I immediately launched on a course of vigorous action and did a thorough inventory with a change of heart starting to happen. And I read to somebody, I did all this at once. Then I went and made amends, not to like three or four people, not just to my family, but I had a real change of heart during this process. And I went out and I made amends to a lot of people. And then I started to practice living this way. But I started with getting my own house in order by, we'll just call it, I turned on this lamp. So what I would suggest to you is that you turn on the lamp. No. But thanks. I'm not going to do that. That doesn't feel right to me. And then they're crawling around in the dark for a while. And they call me. I'm rubbing two stones together. I'm trying to get this light going in here. I can't see anything. And I say, well, I would, I would again suggest the lamp. I would turn on the lamp. No. But thanks. I'm going to, I don't want to do anything that fast. I want to turn it on really, I want to build a, a light 
I want to, there's got to be a different way. I'm going to, I'm just going to keep, I'm going to start a fire somewhere here. I'm going to, I'm, oh, I'm okay. I'll get back to you. Okay. And they contact me again. I'm really, um, I'm in the dark here. I can't see anything. I'm trying to build this flashlight, but the directions are here in front of me in the dark and I can't see. So I'm rubbing these rocks together and I'm just, I, I keep trying to rub these rocks together. And what, what should I do? And I'll say, you know, again, I mean, I'm going to point here to the lamp. This is what I would suggest. This was my initial suggestion. It'll be my suggestion in 10 years from now. It'll be my suggestion 20 years from now. It'll be my suggestion today. That's that's what I would do. I place what I have at your disposal. I'm laying the kit of spiritual tools at your feet. I would turn on the lamp. It will help. No. Okay. I mean... This is how it is with me now. I don't, back in the day, I'd be like, no, man, here's a lamp. Here it is. Here it is. I'd be like, you know, hold this. I'm building this lamp for you. Can't you see me building this lamp for you? Look, I'm putting it together. Look, like, use this lamp that I'm building for you. And they're like, no, I don't want it. I'm like, no, you have to use this lamp. There's no other way. And I, and I would and I would be overcome by that. But these days, back to my story. So then they come back, say I have a, I'm going to say, how are you doing? They seem like they're doing okay. I'm doing good. I found a flashlight. You know, I feel a lot better. I'm just, I'm pointing at, at very specific things. I'm pointing it at work right now, but I feel a lot better. I can see some things. And I say, okay, rad. Good for you. And then they reach out to me again. I have to talk to you. The battery died. I don't, I'm trying to build another battery here. I don't know how to do this. Um, it's pitch black. It's, it seems like it's getting darker even. Can you suggest anything? I, I, would, I would, again, I would just suggest this lamp here. Just turn that on. No. I'm just going to go to a lot of meetings. That's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to go to meetings. Okay, but I think that's going to be hard because if the light's off, it's going to be hard to be in meetings for very long because you'll get annoyed and judgmental and frustrated and you'll hate everybody and you won't want to keep going. I think you should just turn the lamp on. No, I'm just going to go to meetings. Okay. There's nothing wrong with going to meetings for sure. I go to a lot of meetings. I am working on books. I'm working on music. I'm recording this podcast. I do various counseling jobs. I am married. I sponsor people. And I go to at least a meeting a day. So, I agree. Meetings are important. Good. And they call me back. And then I don't see them at any meetings. Well, what's going on? I just, 
I hate meetings. They're annoying. What should I do? How do you do it? Well, I go to meetings to give. I go to meetings to, it's not about me. I try to not make it about me. I go to meetings to see if I could help somehow. Can't always help. Usually I probably don't help at all, but that's why I try to go. Well, I can't do that. Well, I mean, again, I'll point back to the lamp. I mean, the reason I can do that is because just last week I did a written inventory. Made amends, etc. I just keep the lamp on as best I can. So I would, again, go back to the lamp. No, I think I just have to find different meetings. Okay. I think a lot about what the big book says when it says the desire to God to find God has to come from within. End quote. A person should not be, quote, pushed or prodded by you, his wife, or his friends. End quote. We find it a waste of time to chase someone who can't or won't work with you. Think about these things a lot. Now, as I used to get really tangled up in all this, I used to really shoulder the trouble and burden of other people, but generally speaking, the more I'm thinking about what they're doing and how they have to do it, the less they are. And the less I'm actually helping them. Sometimes it takes having a really willing sponsee to just remind me of this. Right now I'm working with some people who are really willing and some people who are really unwilling. And the contrast is remarkable. The people who are willing just... Oh, can you help me turn keep this light on? How do you do that? Well, this is how I do that. Okay. And then they call me, you know, the light's gone off again. How do I turn it back on? Because I want to turn it back on. This is what I would do. Okay. You know, that kind of thing. Very different than the first story I illustrated where somebody's just not wanting to do it or not able to do it or not willing to do it. I care. I want people to get well. But I also don't want to go against what's in that book and hurt myself in the process of trying to do things for other people. God is... God has them too. It's so easy to just play God in the program. Because you're being asked for help. You're being asked for advice. You have a relationship where you have kind of an unwritten contract where your your counsel is being sought. You're free to put in your two cents. You're free to put in as much as you want. 
very easy to go overboard there and just start trying to run someone's life. Happens all the time. Hear about it all the time. See it all the time. It becomes about pleasing a sponsor instead of about a collaborative effort with picking up these tools. Well, I don't want to do that. Okay. Says you shouldn't be offended if he wants to call it off. He's helped you more than you've helped him. I don't know what to do. Find someone who's going to help you get where you are trying to go. Because if I keep bringing you back to the lamp and you don't want to do it at all, I have to direct my attention to someone I can actually help. So, maybe you're thinking, that's, that's, sounds very unloving. Maybe it does sound unloving. I used to think that it was very unloving to have this attitude. No, man, you got to be of service to everybody. I agree. Learning what is actually of service is something that just changes or has changed for me. I'm still learning all the time how to be effective. Expanding my understanding of what is helping and, and what is enabling. Beautiful description I've heard is that you're helping someone when you're doing something for them that they can't or shouldn't be able to do on their own. And you're enabling someone when you're doing something for them that they can or should be able to do without you. I don't know where that definition came from, but that really spoke to me. I am late. I didn't realize the time. I have a photo shoot today. Um, it's called uh, Springtime Sex Gods. <laughs> so <laughs> that's why I'm wearing a yellow sweater today. <laughs> and I'm going to be like, I think these are just really kind of. A lot of pastel colors. I'm going to be laying in the grass, just looking at my watch, my yellow sweater. Wow. Oof. I am not funny today, so I'm just going to stop. Uh, I want to say hello to Chelsea, and I want to say hello to Mackenzie. I want to say hello to good friend Dave. 
and uh, Bestie and BFF and to anyone who needs to hear it I will say that everything is okay I'm going to go. I don't know why my life was saved, but I am now going to go try to live a life that was worth saving. <laughs>